spiritually related. Take away TT is uh, Bob Ross's uh, New Zealand <gasps> counterpart. Derek, that's so good. It was, it was pretty good for a little bit there. No, that just had a little bit of Cockney in it. Uh, <laughs> Wait, no, this is really good. Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, channel my inner Jermaine Clement here. Um, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I don't, I don't know any of the uh, the uh, little uh, mannerisms and uh, little uh, slang. I can't say like "good day, mate" because that's like uh, that's Australian. That's Australian. Uh, do New Zealanders say "yeah"? Uh, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, um, Bob Ross. Yeah, it's pretty I good there. Like, oh nope, that nope. I'm not gonna try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't even try. I've been practicing this all accidents. week. Ha- ha- happy little accidents. Happy. H- happy. Happy. Happy little day. <laughs> Yep, a little accidents. You like add a little southern in there. Yeah. I like how Bob Ross is just becoming our Rob Boss. Oh no, spoonerisms. And that 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 was uh yeah, yeah, a little fun there. Good job. Yeah. I, I, you just gotta like uh That's why you've been practicing all week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. I don't know how much we'll you use of that, but I'll find some that really good so section good, of it. Terry. Yeah. So good. I'm like a proud mom right now. I'm a proud Auntie Bella. Auntie. Yeah. So the thing is, is that that was probably only like 50% all right. Cause I have like, I was enough been, not to be offensive. I've been practicing it for like a week and I have no idea exactly how they actually like pronounce things. So, well, you, I think, did a very good job. And thank you. Thank you. It, yeah. Nice. I'm Derek Thornton. I'm Bea Golding. Welcome to Two Truths and a Dozen Lies. Okay, I started last week with the Two Truths and a Lie. I want to hear yours first. Yeah, so uh, here's my uh, Two Truths and a Lie. And uh, I started with three truths, and I'm just going to modify one of them to be a lie. So okay. that it's going to be hard that way. <laughs> okay, um, number one. So I work on a sports show podcast. Uh, it's called Sports Nation. Woo! You know. Fun BYU stuff. Look at Derek. Go! Um, anyways, the first one is going to be sort of related to me, myself. Um, um, well, so I started training this week. Actually, last week. But I'm training like every day this week. I was so excited. I'm like, that's the lie. It was two weeks ago. <laughs> You're telling me last week. But that that's not the lie part there. Um, <laughs> if this is a lie. Okay. <laughs> to the lie slash truth, the statement... Um, basically, um, I got to mix a full 30 minutes of the show today. So pretty impressive stuff. Anyways, so that's number one. I mixed 30 minutes of today's show on international broadcast television slash radio slash podcast. I'm such a proud mom, no matter what. And then, uh, (laughs) number two. Um, also semi-work related. We covered uh, a little fun thing about Zach Wilson today. Um, and um, so basically, some people saw him with a ring and they were like, oh my gosh, is that a wedding ring? Well, so here's the thing. Number one, it was on his pointer finger. So it couldn't have been a wedding ring. And then number two, he responded with, um, I'm married to the sport. Ew. Um, and then here's my, my third statement, truth or lie. Um, 
and it is about a fun little dream I had the other night. I know people explaining their dreams, really boring, so I'm summing this up really fast. Okay, so I was auditioning for a show. I got the part, but the director um, gave my part away after I'd already been cast because somebody else had a better Kiwi accent than me. (laughs) So which one's the lie, B? It's such a good dream. I wanted to be true, so I'm going to say... We're good to go. Just wait till the door closes. There you go. Um, I want the dream to be true because even though it's kind of sad that you lost your part, that's like the best reason to lose a lose a part, I guess. Um, but I think that the lies, the Zach Wilson. I don't see him saying I'm married to the sport, or at least I really hope that's not true. Yeah. So he didn't actually say that, but it was reported by multiple journalists. Um, basically, he's become like a celebrity figure in New York now that he's going to be like the starting quarterback for the Jets. And that's just the fun thing about being a celebrity is that unsubstantiated rumors get reported as fact. So there's your fun little rumor of the day that is false. <laughs> so I'm married to the game. Like, Zach, so Zach Wilson graduated high school the same year Derek and I did. And just and we're both at the same success levels. Yes, absolutely. You can see us making <laughs> millions off this podcast right here. <laughs> millions. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's, I bumped in, we used to be in a class together. We took New Testament together and he sat down next to me on the first day and I was like, this is weird. I know so much about you from like, not just rumor, like it was based in fact, but like. I didn't feel like I should have known those things, which makes it feel like gossip. And I'm like, I know so much about you and you know nothing about me. And then like three days later, he ran into me and we both dropped all our stuff. And I texted my sister about it. And she's like, this is your high school musical moment. I'm like, no, Zach Wilson is not. But not Zach, Wilson, Zach Wilson is a character in high school musical. You know, I would believe I he he is our Tory Bolton. Yep. Basically. In a lot of ways. Real life Troy Bolton, except without the musical. Who's part. Gabriella? That should have been that, anyways. His girlfriend, probably. <laughs> you All know, right. probably. Probably. Oh gosh, I need to stop Pro- with the accent. Probably. <laughs> I'm not good yeah. at them. Yeah, um, pretty good, right? You're really good. I'm not. Um, but anyways, I got it right. <laughs> yeah, you did it. We just start. I should okay. I just finished re-listening to all our episodes, but I want to go back and like make a scoreboard of when we trip each other up. I have not been very good at tripping you up, so. Oh, I feel like you have, but (laughs) maybe Um, fifty-fifty. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I'm a stats person. I gotta, I gotta do it. Gotta get the data. My teacher sent live for week. My first one. I'm officially submitted to be a contestant on The Circle, Netflix reality TV show, that competition that features people basically isolating themselves pandemic quarantine style and talking to each other through the social media platform, The Circle, and whoever is the most popular by the end gets 100,000 bucks. So... So like boost this podcast, like the Jackbox games, monster seeking monster. Yes, that's actually <laughs> yes. 
something I've been thinking about. So promote this podcast, promote my uh, social medias at two truths, 12 lies at b.golding. If you get on that, this podcast would just shoot way up. Yeah. It's like almost embarrassing, but also be so fun. So if you're a true fan, boost us, tell your friends to follow us, follow, listen to our episodes. Anyways. Or just listen to our episodes because they're fun. Yeah. Do that too. Do that too. But also get your friends too. Yes. On their own devices. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Since my major is experience design and management, there is literally a pipeline from my major to going and working in New Zealand in either hospitality or government or there's so many jobs for me in New Zealand after graduating that this is more likely I would work there than like South Dakota. Fun fact. <clears throat> so that's two. And my third is I have a photo shoot with So Delicious on Thursday. <laughs> so I know the second one is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I want to assume that the first one is true, but I mean, and I feel like the whole So Delicious thing might be like too good to be true. So let's say So Delicious uh, is a lie. That was actually true. Really? You have a photo shoot with yeah. So Delicious? Yeah, um, it's with, like, other people, and it's just not, like, they just need some people in summery vibes. I mean, yeah, I'm not getting, like, paid too much. I get a gift card for, they haven't told me what amount, and then free sodas and cookies during I mean, the shoot. they want to take photos of you, so, I mean, that's just, like, it's publicity. a win, yeah. It's good publicity, You can too. put those photos on your mutual account. <laughs> And you can be like, I'm so delicious ambassador. That was literally going to be one of my truths and lies is about my dating updates, but I'd rather not. So <laughs> that's how badly it's going. Or not badly, well, just... I, I just keep that personal for the moment, I guess. <gasps> like, you probably don't want to, like, broadcast that to yeah. everyone everywhere to all the, for the moment. To all the people Including I'm Including the potential, yeah, <laughs> yeah. your potential dates. I don't know. I feel like it's probably like a good rule of podcasting is like, don't talk about your date Eh. or maybe like don't. (laughs) My favorite podcast. So it's a team like are all TMI, but I love it. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just feel like, yeah. Don't want to cause drama. So like, yeah, well, we'll see where we're going folks. If anything interesting happens, I'll update you, but okay. Back to the truth, truth, and lie. The lie is the circle one. I'm not completely submitted. I have a, other than the so delicious photo shoot, I have an individual photo shoot to get some new headshots and um, assets for Gold Hive Management that I'm going to want to use that. So everything else is completed. I just need to get that photo shoot so I can upload those photos and nice. send it in. So that being said, so, though, like I'm actually really trying to get on. I want to pay off my $20,000 medical bill with the winnings, and then I have about 30000 left after taxes. So that'll probably go towards <laughs> student debt or... Yeah, maybe going to Congress and getting insurance codes changed. Or so buying not... a new car. I mean, mine is gonna die any minute so, now. So. so, so tell me, what makes you want to be on the circle, but not something like, say, Provo's most eligible? Is it just the prize money? Well, okay, that. <laughs> also, I hate dating. Dating is so stressful. But that's what makes it fun: is that it's just a game. <laughs> But, like, with the circles, like, I don't have to date, but I could date, but I don't have to. And I think I'm really good at social media. 
Yeah, that's true. So I think like, I, I, and I have a very clear game plan and I feel like I don't have to manipulate. Well, I guess I, the whole point is kind of manipulating other people, but I'm not um, romantically manipulating a certain person that I might not even work out with. Well, technically all conversation is a form of manipulation because you're inputting information (laughs) into other people's brains. It's all about networking. Like you're, it's like, it's like. You say you have two computers and you just connect them with a cable to submit information back and forth. That's what c- communication, uh, it's what conversation is all about. Yeah. And so, I mean, even if you are telling them truth and you're being kind to them and you actually have their best uh, interests in mind, it's still technically manipulation because you are the one who is giving them information and helping them to determine what their values and motivations are. My brain is exploding. I feel like my brain is melting. Because <laughs> you're right. You're speaking truth. But like, ah, I don't want it to be truth. I don't want it to be so forward. Okay. To kind of introduce what we're talking about today, I got two truths and a lie about today's director, Taika Waititi. So, Taika Waititi has directed The Mandalorian, Eagle versus Shark, and slash or the breaker uppers. He has not directed the breaker uppers. You got it right. Do you know what he did with the breaker uppers? I have no idea. I've never heard of that before. Oh. I just knew the other two. Oh, you knew the other two? Oh. Yeah. Um, he only produced it. So I okay. had never I knew the breaker uppers. Didn't know he was involved. Didn't ever hear about Eagle versus Shark. So <laughs> I mean, I, I never seen it, but I know what it is. Today we're talking about. Hunt for the Wilder People. <laughs> it is one of my favorite movies. It was the first time I saw it was in my friend's basement. I was so tired. I only slept like max four hours a night in high school. And so by the time I got to hanging out with friends, which was rare, I was just dead. And my friend's like, we're going to watch a movie. And usually I fall asleep if we watched a movie. But I stayed awake because it was just so different (laughs) Mm -hmm. kiwi humor is pretty different than like the humor we are used to hearing in our current media and i i was in love with it (laughs) and it is still one of my favorite movies um i've grown to really love taiko itt and yeah. yeah 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 nice Want synopsis? Let's do it. So, Ricky, Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker. Once rejected, now accepted. By me. <laughs> yeah, by the audience. That's about it. <laughs> um, his his uh, uncle slash caretaker accepts him, sort of, most yeah, of the time. Yeah, and, and Auntie Bella. But Ricky Baker is a troublesome child trapped in the foster system of New Zealand, which is also known, which there is known as child welfare. The system had pretty much all but given up on Ricky when Bella signs up to be his foster mom. And there's a lot of quips when they're dropping off Ricky and kind of giving Ricky's origin story. That kind of just shows how much they do not care. Like, it's really funny. But the more I think back on it, I'm like, oh, that is horrible that mm-hmm. that happened. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. dark humor. It's it's mostly absurd humor. 
Yeah. Um, and a lot of absurdity in comedy is a, is just taking the human condition and sort of making fun of the pain that so people SNL-ish. go through-ish. Not exactly. Okay. Um, I mean, dark humor and absurd humor are similar, except for the fact that absurd humor places all things in the absurd, where dark humor just takes actual human emotion and feeling and places it as, like, lesser than. Yes. Nice. Thank you, Derek. You're welcome. <laughs> um, uh, things, luckily for Ricky, everything's going really well. Bella put together a library for him featuring <laughs> Animal Farm and My Wicked, Wicked Ways. I won't say what those books are about, but if you don't know... I think Animal Farm <laughs> is about, like, it's it's similar to Charlotte's Web. There's some pigs and <laughs> some cows and some horses and a nice little donkey. Yes. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Very wholesome content. <laughs> Very wholesome. I mean, it is wholesome, but, like, not in a wholesome way. Um, yeah. He has a library. Uncle Hector isn't quite sure what role Rick is going to play in the long term on the farm. It's near the bush in New Zealand. <laughs> but, you know, he's content if Bella's content. Uh, Ricky spends a lot of his time making dope haikus. <laughs> um, like, really cool haikus. True or false, as a kid, I made a lot of haikus the way Ricky did. True. False. Oh. <laughs> My brain was too zoomy for it's that. so boring. Nah, I just read books... On mass, like I read, like my mom had to hide my books from me, or we had a limit of I could only bring one book into the bathroom, <laughs> or else I would just hog the bathroom all day. I love books, but I nice. was not a good writer. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't want to go off too much on a tangent, but yeah, I uh, my mom would get really mad at me for reading too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in in the case that she set a rule that I could only bring one book. To my room at night because I used to read two full Magic Tree House books every oh, night before, and then and then when I got into like later elementary school, then it would be like two Animorphs books. Yeah, yeah. My mom, she knew that if she I had gotten a new Magic Tree House from the book fair, or whatever, that she would not see me until I was done with the book. <laughs> so, um. Anyways, and probably the best moment of like the happy montage is the Ricky Baker birthday song. So good. Written by like actually written by um Bella who is played by Rima Te Wayata. Now say that in a Kiwi accent. Don't make me <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Lie. Um like she actually wrote it in that scene where they play it the boy who plays Ricky Baker just, like, jumps in because he had heard them practicing it. That wasn't planned. That wasn't planned? No. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought that it was just, like, too weird for it to not be planned because, I mean, like, it's, like, seems like it's, like, a surprise song. Like, I wrote this song for you. And then all of a sudden, he just starts singing Happy Birthday to himself. Ricky Baker. <laughs> yeah, no. It's he, like, heard it. it. Like, everyone in the cast was just super involved. In the entire making of it. And, oh, I just, I loved reading the lore preparing for today's episode. Um, uh, 
Sorry, I lost my place. Don't worry, we can always cut the brakes out. So, all is well until there is an unexpected calamity that causes child welfare to declare they're going to take Ricky back. Which means that he's going into juvie because no one else will take him. And he was supposedly, like, by trouble child, he would <laughs> spit. <laughs> he would destroy things. But there's a whole montage. Go go watch the movie. Um, but Juvie's not a great place. Duh. So Ricky decides to run away into the bush or on the lamb for pretty much the rest of the movie. Minus a few other moments. Go watch it. Um, I mean, he's always on the run from that point forward, though. Yeah, he's always on the run. the epilogue. Yes, exactly. Um, Hector, the uncle, who, like, kind of wasn't super involved in the happy-go-lucky montage. Can you explain, like, how the aunt and uncle aren't actually aunt and uncle? I did not catch on that. (laughs) Oh, I was under the impression that he was only calling them aunt and uncle because they were his... They're, they're not yeah. actually related. No, that's kind of just... It. So, I used to live in Hawaii, and I literally called my teachers, like, Auntie Moki or yeah. Auntie Carter. Like, you just kind of call any okay. of your elders auntie or uncle, and it's a way of being less formal. Um, But Bell, I thought you were saying Bella and Hector weren't married, and I'm like... No, no. They, they, they were, were mar- married. They were no, married. They, they were, <laughs> just weren't his aunt and uncle, and I think that's probably important for the listeners yeah, to understand. Yeah, sorry. Yes. So, auntie, uncle. Um, they are only aunt and uncle by... Uh, societal, they are the they elders are the, to Ricky. Yeah. The um, foster parents. Yes. And, I mean, in some foster families, they would call them Ma, Da, or Da. Ma or da that is New Zealand. Um, as... <laughs> watching too many YouTube videos in preparation for this. <laughs> um, yeah, Ricky's on the lamb. He's on the run. He's going into the bush. And, you know, Hector really could have just abandoned him, let the police try to find him in the bush. But he doesn't. And that's what Hunt for the Wilder People turns into because Ricky and Hector end up Running and hiding from the law in the bush together. They are the wilder people. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. They like running like a long time and it gets wild. It's wacky. Like, you don't think the movie could get weirder, but it just keeps getting weirder and weirder. (laughs) But like in the best way possible. Um, Anyways, originally Hector was going to lead Ricky out of the bush. Something happened. Go watch the movie. And that's the synopsis. I think. I think I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, it is super fun. You don't actually have to, you know, be a New Zealander, a Kiwi, to, like, understand the humor. Like, it's very... um, I don't want to say, like, it's super, like, British. It's, like, almost, like... It's Kiwi humor. Yeah, yeah. It's its own genre. It's absurdism with, like, a touch of deadpan. But, I mean, for the most part. deadpan? Deadpan is whenever they deliver jokes without, like, extreme emotion. So, like, think of Napoleon Dynamite. That's deadpan humor. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Cool. So, here's the reason why I love this movie so much. 
Um, it's just in the presentation of the characters. Um, and I think it's a very interesting societal commentary, which I very much agree with. Um, in this film, they present the characters that should be the most like insane, like crazy people. So like Ricky or, you know, just this random crazy dude they meet out in the wilderness. Like they are the same people in this entire story, like mm-hmm. in this film. Whereas the people who should be the ones who are level-headed and have like, you know, like they're in the system, they're in the world. and They are the system. <laughs> yeah, basically they're the ones who are crazy. Yeah. Because literally, so you, you look at this film, Ricky and his uncle just go out into the wilderness. They're on the run. And I mean, these people should be concerned for Ricky because, you know, they don't really know the exact situation. The, like, he might have been kidnapped, like, that sort of thing. But by the end of the film, they have the entire national military going after two <laughs> runaways. It's a great scene. And, well, yeah, he- here's the thing. And then, and then like, you have this crazy guy who's, like, got, like, the colander on his head to protect him from the government. But, like, he has this really interesting rant that he goes down about how, like, there's a form for this, a form for that. Why can't we just, you know, do things? Um, and that, like, sort of, like, ha- has this really interesting commentary about the bureaucracy of the whole situation. And um, I just find that juxtaposition of this sanity coming from the insane, whereas the insanity coming from the sane um, has this really interesting counterpoint where it you you can even pull that out to real life, is that the craziest people in this world are actually usually the most sane ones. They're just not going along with the sanity of the system that we're currently living in. Yeah. Oh, that was so worded. Oh, so proud. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I literally can't say it better or echo it even like it's interesting. This movie was made in tw- mm-hmm, 2016. 2016. Yeah. 2016. And it, like there was some civil unrest, but nothing like in the past year. And mm-hmm. if this past year hasn't shown shined a light on some of the, okay, wait, why are our systems doing that? That doesn't make sense. That's not very great. Like it, it's really fun watching it with that angle now, and it kind of adds some humor yeah. and peace with like, okay, this is our situation. Because I think a lot of the time people look at like the government or other just long-standing systems as if somehow just because they've been there for so long that that is what is reasonable and that is what is good and that's what should represent stability but in this case it certainly doesn't like foster care system has failed ricky over and over again yeah um their whole like policing system which i mean like new zealand's policing systems far better than the u.s <laughs> yeah. but in this case is not actually protecting people it's like actually like if you look at like the damage caused by the police and the military going after like these two people like, like all the resources <laughs> all of the resources spent well we're already like zooming through this podcast so i'll just talk about the soundtrack now so the soundtrack was produced by moniker 
whose name is the moniker of New Zealand-based film and television composers Samuel Flynn Scott, Lucas Buda, and Conrad Wedd. They have a unique sound. It's a lot of synth, but they also do a lot of like orchestral compositions and they'll do like super rifty guitars. It's so fun and it's super prevalent in the film. I it's the overall like in the film just elements of it like it is visually appealing. It's a little different. They throw in some really random things. The script is amazing. The actors are amazing. And then, like, the cherry on top is the soundtrack for me mm. because it's not what we're used to hearing in Western cinema. Like, it's synthy. It's a little weird. There's a lot of bassy bellows. <laughs> yeah. It's super fun. Um, do you know a lot about the soundtrack? Uh, no, I honestly didn't, like, notice it too much. Oh. I don't think it really, like, stood out a whole lot. I, I, for me, it was all the and the the opening song is uh, Makahu Tawa. I need to search it up again, but I think that's it. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's that's Hawaiian, is it not? Um, and Hawaiian music is really fun. But oh, you already you're the one who told me this fact. I was gonna say true or false. Taika Waititi helped create Moana, but wasn't credited. Yeah, that's correct. That's true. <laughs> if I if I'm remembering correctly, he actually wrote the original script for Moana, but it just got so many rewrites and so many uh, additional people to work on it that yeah, he never actually got any real credit. But he he wrote the he original script. It, I would say. Um, yeah, he should have like a creator credit, but like yeah, and or at least a producer credit. There's definitely a lot of elements that I feel that Taika Waititi brings into his, like, super niche Kiwi films that kind of actually show yeah. up in Moana. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure his involvement is also the reason why Jermaine Clement was involved yeah. as the uh, fun crab who sings Shiny. <laughs> the best song so in the film. Best song by far. Um, but not to get too far off track. I got two truths and a lie for you. I'm going to list three names from the soundtrack, except for only two of them are actually soundtrack well this is gonna be a one in three shot i i hope you get it okay i hope you get it crumpy zag or and slash or all the nummiest treats all the nummiest treats <laughs> that, that that's from a speech i or like slash what um effigy yeah it's called yeah. it's an effigy performed by taika waititi <laughs> as the priest um, I'm going to say that that's probably a song. And Zag is the name of the dog, which means probably, what was the first one? Crumpy. I don't know. Is Crumpy not the song? It is. It it's is? A okay. t- It's a line from one of Bella's like initial rants or whatever. Um, so Zag is, the, as you said, the name of Uncle Hector's dog. And that dog doesn't get a song, but Tupac. Ricky's dog yeah, gets, a, gets a song named after him. <laughs> so, nice, nice. Nice. Tupac. Yeah. Tupac. Yo, yo. Tupac. <laughs> I love Ricky because he's just Tupac's this like. my favorite dog. No, literally. Okay. Ricky's hilarious to me in so many ways because he reminds me 
so much of like all the people I went to elementary and middle school with. Like yeah. little, little uh He's a really good dancer. Oh my gosh, he is. Okay. True or false. Taika Waititi is a credited songwriter on the soundtrack. I would say false, but I mean maybe he hasn't like he's not a songwriter. It's true. Did he write some of the lyrics? So <laughs> the Ricky Baker song was originally written as a song called Trifecta. Well, actually, I don't know. They were written like at the same time. So they take the Ricky Baker song basically and turned it into like a fully produced song co-written by Rima Tewada, aka Bella, um, Taika Waititi, and Julian Dennison and Sam Neill. Sam Neill is who plays Hector. So <laughs> they all just got together and like made a fully produced like actual song. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I would play it, but I'm sure there are copyright laws, so I'm not gonna mess with it. Go search it up. Go listen to the Ricky Baker song, then listen to Trifecta. Um, I try to find out what exactly his role was in that, but he's credited in the credits. Nice. Yeah. And okay, so that was true. Taika Waititi is a credited songwriter. I mean, he does have a Grammy. He has everything but a Tony for an EGOT, right? Yep, that's correct. Let's help him out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Taika, uh, Mr. Waititi, we want to get you your tea, both gossip-wise and Tony-wise. Let's do it. <laughs> what tea do you have, like, gossip-wise? I don't know. I'm like an information broker. I can find something. <laughs> just, just go stalk Jermaine Clement's <laughs> social medias and find something. Start or some just drama. Straight up stalk it. <laughs> yeah, that too. That hey, could be the tea. Mr. Right TD. He has a new best friend. <gasps> yeah. Yep. <sighs> okay, true or false. In addition to the soundtrack produced by Moniker, Elton John's the Partisan is featured in the film. True. False. Wow, I'm getting you. I with don't, every single I don't one know. Today. <laughs> that was just a 50 50. So. Yeah. Um, the Partisan, so the Partisan is in it, but it's written by Leonard Cohen. That's it for the soundtrack. It is very fun. Trick. It's what I like to listen. I've been listening to it while I get ready in the morning because it's like kind of ethereal, but like also kind of jungly i don't know i like it yeah <laughs> it's like a mix between glass animals and um who wrote oh uh saint motel yeah yeah yep anyways um, chose my type. all right so just a little bit more about ricky baker ricky baker is played by julian dennison so he was the other co-writer for trifecta um he is 18 years old, almost 19. Old man. I know. Uh, I thought he was a lot younger than me, so I'm kind of like tripping right now. Well, I mean, if this was released in 2016 and he's 18 now, then when he was filming, he was like 11 or 12. Yeah. Aww. And he is such, like, acting-wise, for a child actor, that's like some of the best child acting oh I've my gosh. seen. Yeah. I mean, I maybe there... I think it's Taika Waititi's directing because all the child actors in his films, like look at Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Superb. He probably knows how to get on I, their level and treat I them follow... with respect. It's not that hard, but people don't do it. So Yeah. Also, Taika Waititi's daughters are so cute. They're so <laughs> they're fun. So, they're so fun. Oh, this is Taika Waititi. 
Tyco very good with kids. to me is what Dan Harmon is to Derek. Yeah, except that Dan Harmon is awful with children. Yeah. Taika is very wholesome and great with kids. I want to be Taika Waititi. You want to be Dan Harmon. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of. I also want to be Taika Waititi. <laughs> you want to be all the best. I want to be everybody. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah, Julian Dennison, he most recently is in Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, the Christmas nice. Chronicles Part 2, and he's in the TV series The Strange Horrors. He's still only 5'2", which I love. We love short boys. But yeah, it looks like he's gotten a lot of jobs for a child-ish Yeah, actor. I mean, yeah. He's not anymore. It's Hunt for the Wilder. Now. Literally, after Hunt for the Wilder, people came out. Well, I mean, a film like that, where you are just like literally like, the main character in and her child. so good so funny and just like super believable yeah we should keep an eye out on the kid who plays the dude in jojo rabbit yeah who plays jojo <laughs> i i'm actually more interested about the his friends yes the girl no no like the the the, <gasps> the chubby the, one the chubby one I love who, him. who wears like the paper uh uniform <laughs> and he's i think he's that funny. he's going places Oh, if I love he it. can keep up his comedic uh, timing and just like delivery, yeah. Also, the comedic uh, diversity that comes when you're watching international films is fantastic. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, I mean, so if you want more Kiwi humor, so watch this. Watch all of Taika's stuff. Watch like Flight of the Concords. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. With Jermaine Clement. <laughs> um, I mean. So much, so much good stuff. Like, I cannot recommend it enough. Another good Taika Waititi film that is pretty popular is what we do in the shadows. It's just weird. Uh, he also did Thor Ragnarok. And uh, he's also directing Thor 4. So. Yeah. Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Rock on. I love Thor's storyline. Maybe that's what we'll talk about after our special episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Donate. Thank, Thanks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Okay. You got the Scottish. Okay. Shrek. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening. See, it goes straight into Scottish. What? Yeah. Interesting. Thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. That was that had the the Scottish inflection though. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. I just practiced Scottish too much as a child, and so that's the only thing I speak now. I can barely. Do an American accent, so. Uh, you sound pretty convincing now. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, tutors send a dozen lies. 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 <laughs> and some truth sometimes. I'm Derek Thornton. I'm B. Golding. Thank you for listening to Two Truths and a Dozen Lies. <laughs>